We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Andrew, anything else you wanted to touch before we move on? No, Aaron Judge singled, by the way. We're we're recording this as the Yankees are in Toronto, so... Yeah. You didn't miss the history yet. My my stream uh, is like delayed wow. by Jeremy. seven to ten seconds. Oh, so okay. in the future, if you message me for the second at bat and we're still recording, keep oh. that in mind. Okay, deal. But, Although what you did to me before the show, I kind of deserve to spoil some. Wow. For those who don't know, well, no one would know. It was before no the show. Um, I mentioned that next Sunday when we record, the Mets will be in Atlanta, potentially playing the biggest game they've played since the wild card game in 2016. And I'd argue the biggest game they've played since the world series in 2015, um, when that game might decide the division. Um, again, derailing a basketball podcast, talking about baseball. Um, and Jeremy goes, Scherzer under ground pitching, right? And I'm like, yeah, the Mets actually lined it up perfectly that Bassett Scherzer under ground, their three best pitchers will be pitching that series. And then he goes, well, yeah, well, hopefully I don't get hurt. Yeah, I heard hopefully it. they don't get hurt. Jeremy, why are you putting that what? into the universe? I'm just saying I hope they don't get hurt. No, that the, the way you said it was like <laughs> it was devious. You know, I heard it. I didn't mean it to <laughs> it be was devious. devious. I did not mean it to be devious. It was devious. It was, it was you know, point of concern 
and and care for you. But I understand I put it out there into the ether and I apologize for that. Jeremy and John are, are in my wedding. Could you if you tell me the week of my wedding, well, hopefully she shows up on Sunday. <sighs> You know what? I'm going to throw you like off of a bridge. But hopefully she will. Jeremy. (laughs) Okay. Let's, let's move on. Anyway, all that being said, we're watching baseball while we're recording this. At least I'm watching baseball. while we're recording. It should have been last night. Having, should have been last oh, night. Oh, that's right. His, Jeremy was at the game last night. I was oh, yeah, what happened? Game. Did you stay for uh, the entire rain delay? I stayed for the entire rain delay. Was, the fun part was that the stadium was playing some great 70s and 80s hits, except for uh, they played a, a song from Greece, you know, Summer Nights. It's not a great song. It's, it's not a good show. It's, yeah. Um, you don't like uh, Tell Me More, Tell Me More. You don't like no, that song? No, it's also super, super predatory. We are not not relitigating Greece on this podcast. Maybe it's cold outside, Jeremy. (laughs) Okay. Um, But we, (laughs) it it was a monsoon. It's just was crazy. And my friend and I decided let's go to the first floor because we were in the 300s. And for those of you who have not been to Yankee Stadium, that's, you know, more nosebleeds. And we went down, we're going to go down to the, the lobby of the, the first floor of the building to hopefully get through from the rain. And we had to make a break for it. And I did not realize how slick the ground was oh, as no. we were running. And so everyone's lined up for food and people are lined up on the stairs and everyone sees me and my friend like turn Yankee stadium into a slip and slide by accident. And he fell on his ass. I fell face forward onto my chest. And at that moment, I'm like, this is, this is awful. This is terrible. But then I used it to the best of my abilities, just popped up. My friend popped up too. And was like, let's go, you know, celebrate it. Cause we're drenched (laughs) at that point. It doesn't matter. Everyone starts applauding and cheering for us. So it was really fun. We go down to the first day. Cause I'm like, look, my ribs kind of hurting. Really hope I didn't break my rib. And uh, it's like, why not? Free healthcare. It's a rarity in America. <laughs> so we go to the first aid section and my friend's like, hey, you know, just a really awkward story that we have. And the first thing that the woman says is, you peed yourselves. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, they gave me some Motrin. I can't move. It's all right. Doesn't matter. Played the hits. They called the game. We went home. That was that. So, but yeah, he should have had two more at bats and history. That's, that's baseball. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. You stay, so you did stay there. Uh, so I watched, uh, I watched the first up until 10 o'clock when, or nine o'clock when House of the Dragon came on. And like the delay had just started. So I was like, all right, so I'm not going to miss any of the game. And when the, the not Game of Thrones is done, I can watch the rest of the game. And it was like pouring where I was in Queens. It's like, I know if it's pouring here, it's still Yankee Stadium. Um, and they waited as long as they could. Um, so speaking of, um, disasters are falling flat on your face. Um, today was content day uh, over at Nick's. It, it was in a Terrytown. Terrytown, right? yeah. That's where they have so. it. Um, so I, I decided I would... Uh, at first, when I pitched this idea to you guys, it was that I would pull quotes from what the Knicks gave today um, at content day um, when they actually did speak to reporters. And I would make... I would just say the quote and you guys guess who it was. And... This is me um, not understanding for a brief moment the two gentlemen that I speak to on a daily basis. Of course, you guys know all of the quotes I'm going to 
to say right now, especially the one that writes the newsletter. Um, so I don't think I'm going to... I decided to go a little above and beyond. And not only did I go around the NBA and get some quotes, but I pulled the clips too. So it. you guys will also be guessing who... Who you'll be guessing who said it and then getting to hear who said it. Um, I will just say my favorite quote from Nick's content day was that was the quote because Julius Randall did an entire interview with his entire <laughs> I had a microphone muted. Yes. That's where you were going. Yep. I just listen as somebody who does this for a living now and went to school for it and understands the um, added benefit of good audio production and quality. Um, Turn your mic on. My well, my my email is in my bio, New York Knicks. Okay, just throwing it out there. Just a free counseling session would be very easy for us to arrange sometime. Anyway, um, I'll throw five quotes at you. You guys can at least I figured I'd mention them, and then you guys can say who they are. Um, they're from the Knicks media day or content day, and then you guys can then guess they're from the the rest of the NBA, the game that I put together. First one. I'll be out there as long as Tibbs wants me out there. I know this one. Jeremy. Mm. Oh, maybe that's the game. Jeremy guesses. Yeah, again, I... You didn't... That's right. You probably didn't plug in no, as much. No, okay. rain killed my Wi-Fi, so I was working on that oh, for okay. a lot of today. So, uh, uh, I'll be out there. Is that RJ? No. This would oh, be the this would Rose. be the 22, 22 pounds lighter. Yeah, Derek Rose. Yeah, the, the shirtless Derek Rose, as he said this too. Um, yeah, say that he's healthy, then I'll I'll be out there as long as Tibbs want me out there. Uh, this one should be easy, Jeremy. I'm not a savior in any way, shape, or form. Isaiah Hartenstein. Yes, <laughs> Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. Um, that was good. It's easy. To, oh, John, I know you love this. It's easy to be a leader when things are good. When it's not, it's even more important. Is that Julius? Yes. That oh, yes. Julius Randall saying how it's even more important when things are going wrong to show leadership qualities like hustling back on defense and being in the team huddle. Can I can I just say there was a uh, SNY videos, SNY Knicks, whatever that Twitter account is, ran a video of. Julius popping his head into Rose's media availability after mm -hmm. Rose, I guess, was was either was in the process of or after he had said what was my favorite quote of the day, which was about um, this year is all about uh, holding each other accountable, no matter what slot you are on the in the rotation. Uh, you have a voice deserves to be heard, this and that. And like Julius popped his head in and then there was like a, a jovial exchange between the two of them. But I couldn't get exactly what he was saying. Um and I just, I don't know. I found that interesting. That's he all. couldn't, he couldn't believe that Derek Rose was doing his interview shirtless is what he did. Oh, he like, okay, I dig it. it. You for real? I dig it. And just admires the the confidence in said body. Well, if, Derek Rose. if that was what it was, it would be funny if he was talking about um, accountability and he was referencing Julius Randall. It, that would have reminded me of like the, uh, the Dwight Stan interview, saving on yes. the interview from like where Dwight pops his head in right after. Stands like a probably wants to get me fired or whatever. Yeah, I will say like, I mean we're we're completely speculating here on body language, but it does not seem like Julius is like unlike the way that we seem to have heard reported around the team last do year. We, do we think he was unlike by the players? I do think they're from what we were allegedly hearing um, from 
from certain sources. Uh, he had kind of distanced himself from members of the team and was just like not enjoying last season or the way it was going. And well, there was like, is RJ fed up with having to defer to Julius? Is RJ fed up with, um, you know, yeah, I don't- some of the direction the offense is being run? There was obviously a Kemba. Julius um, frustration, a Fournier Julius frustration that why wasn't yeah. he held as accountable as Kemba was earlier in the year. Um, and just watching them today, he seems like yeah, these are my guys. Like the when he goes and daps up Jalen Brunson for their their picture of the Knicks big three. Yeah. And then Jalen Brunson, you know, pretends uh, like pulls the hand away from, from RJ. From yeah. RJ. And I mean, that's just a, a Duke Villanova thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, John, you have seen your fair share of first days at school. Mm, I have. When kids come through and they haven't seen each other for a while, like clean slate. It, yeah. yeah, that's just how I saw it. I, yeah, it, it's so hard to read a body language because I, when you look for something, you kind of keep looking for it. Uh, I'll just say this, general, I, but I just I know the, everyone. It's just hey, it's good to be back. Happy to see you, and and we'll just get into the swing of things, and then. They'll progress when it's all business from there. Today, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's the, the team has any issue with Julius. I, that's not a that's never really been a worry of mine. I, it's um, I do still wonder where his mindset is, and I'll just I'll leave it at that. Uh, what's the next uh, next quote? Uh, I really think we're gonna shock the world. Okay. <laughs> R.J. Barrett, yes, good quote. What would shock you? What would shock the world from the Knicks this year? Fifty wins. 45 wins probably honestly not 50 i could i honestly could talk myself into 45 so then 45 would not be shocking the world no so 50 would the Knicks win 50 games this year that would shock excuse me 53 wins hashtag i think actually bobby because i yeah uh bobby marks put out a video for espn a couple hours ago in which he he is predicting that five all five teams from the atlantic division will make the postseason he has the Knicks and the Raptors as playing teams. And I think he said he wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be shocked if the, the Knicks won 45. So then, yeah, I guess 50 or 53 would shock the world. Hashtag My shock wins. would be the opposite direction. Mm. They oh. lose a lot more games. Now, I'm not saying that it will happen. That's not where I see it, but it just, it reminds me of shades of the, uh, they're saying us and golden state are the super teams. <laughs> oh my Lord. <laughs> it's not a quote I want to, to think about. And yet, you know, I, again, I, when you look at the how the youth has been progressing, the steps that RJ has been taking, especially down the stretch of the last 40 some odd games of the season, you can see why they can just kind of hit the accelerator. And but it's just so many what ifs. Like again, it, it comes to to me, it's I've I've completely accepted Randall's here, moving past it, trying to turn a new page. It's just a matter of will the game come easier to him and will he let the game come more easily to him um, and for him? And I think if the answer to that is yes, then things feel just a whole lot better because I think he actually trusts who the point guard is now. And he might be a little more receptive to playing off ball, but it's, it's great if he does. It's just, is he going to do it to the capacity that we need him to do it? That's to me, the larger question. And, and he's going to hit shots. Yeah, is he going to be? That's, that's really all it is. Is he going right? Is especially pull up? Is he? But then again, because we know he's going to take pull up shots. The catch and shoot obviously matters too. But um, as you know, said, this, he's either going to be a good wing or a bad wing. So hopefully, he's a good wing. He's not going to play like a big. I don't think I've actually had this thought until literally right now, and I certainly haven't said it on the podcast. 
and I'm not count. No one's counting on this happening. But like, if Julius like just literally reverted back to the player he was during the most improved player season, and everybody else just kind of played to expectations, then 50 wins would not be insane. That you would shock would the world. Shock- you know what shocked the world? Him reverting back to that most improved players. That maybe that's what RJ was talking about. We're gonna shock the world. We're gonna and when shock I say the world. we, I mean Julius is not gonna be terrible anymore. The Knicks have three all stars this year. That that's would shock it. the world. So Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and Jalen Brunson. Oh. All right. Uh, is there another Knicks quote? Or that was the last. Yeah, one, one last quote um, from the Knicks. Um, Berman has to come back for the last dance. Oh. Mitch. Mitchell Robinson uh, and a shout out to the uh, apparently soon retiring Mark Berman. Um, I think he's retired like now. Okay. So they officially retired Mark Berman, um, formerly of the New York post on a legendary career. (laughs) I was going to say warts and all, but that's like the worst type of well-wish you could give. I hope uh, he enjoys retirement after a career well done. Um, I'm going to save my extended thoughts for an episode uh, later in this week, but uh, I did write a little something for for uh, Tuesday's newsletter on Mark, so feel free to read that. Jeremy, any, any thoughts on Mr. Berman? Yeah, congratulations on a remarkable career. The fact that he was always in on it is the funniest part. Uh, you know, I, I just respect how he's gotten his work done. I know a lot of it might come off as salacious, and sometimes it absolutely is. And I feel bad for Tibbs because he now has to find a new mouthpiece, but it's great to see someone who does that much digging as Berman does. And he was always trying to get to the story. It takes remarkable work that only someone working at a Murdoch publication can accomplish. Um, So shout out to him. I would love to see his face on um, whatever they use to send up to the rafters, just have him right next to. <laughs> oh my god! And then just looking down on the stadium, on the arena, would be great for the rest of uh, everyone's lives. Just he does it. He does a lot of digging. What's the animal that digs for truffles? Pigs dig for truffles. I, w- I feel, the best I feel bad calling him a pig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Is, it, is he groundhog? <laughs> what, what, what bur- I can't. I, I can't even think of the animal that he burrows for details. Through, you know, we're certainly digging here, aren't we? we? Are. Um, okay. Mark Berman. So all, all that being said, uh, Yankees are sixth in the order, so I can make this full screen. Okay. So I now have eight quotes from today. Excuse me, eight clips from today. Uh, the problem is Jeremy already said one of them, so we'll start with this one. Uh, the quote is nobody should go to Vegas with the thought of betting on us to win the championship. I knew this as well. So uh, my favorite quote of media day from Greg Popovich, coach of the San Antonio Spurs. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'll say it anyway. What the hell? Nobody here should go to Vegas with the thought of betting on us to win the championship. <laughs> He's the best. I love yes. Bob. I, this, what odds would you need to there's no, bet anything? No, there's no odds. If zero. Plus, there's nothing plus 95 million. That's a fun, that's actually a fun game. How many teams is there, are there no odds that would get you to bet on them to win the championship this year? Uh, there's like, there's like 10. 16. I was about to say there's, Oh, I think it was about 10. I'm, I'm with Jeremy. Um, Absolutely zero odds. 10 with like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give the Knicks a good chance, for example, of winning, yeah, but, it, but I would say it's, it's, yes. it's higher than 0.01%, for example, 0.1%. Yeah. 
we'll get into this on our one percent probably over unders, John. I've got like thirteen teams that I could be talked into or title contenders. That you could be talked to into as title contenders. Yes. And but didn't you just say that there are like sixteen teams that you wouldn't which place leaves? any money? What? 14 teams. So there's no in between. There's no in between for you between title contender and like if someone literally gave you like a hundred thousand to one odds, you wouldn't place 10 bucks. I if no, because I that what's that 10 bucks? That's a meal, bro. Like that's two if you budget correctly. That's three if you budget correctly. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a good example team. I'll um, say this. How the Blazers. This? Like I would play if you gave me good enough odds on the Blazers winning it all. What deals do they have at Wendy's? I don't I'm not, that's not the the point is like again, if you gave some ridiculous odds, I would I would be like, all right, fine. You could light my ten dollars on fire for the right to find out if they win or not. And I pretend it's a gift card and not ten dollars in cash. You get a gift okay. card to bet. You have to use the ten dollars. That's essentially what it is. Uh, okay, so I have to put this money. It's one I hate those types of gifts. But by here's the way. here's the thing, though, John. Uh-huh. I know you'll appreciate this mindset. If you go back to like the year, I want to say two thousand. Pretty much every team that's won the championship has had a net rating of I want to say like over three outside of one of those Lakers teams that was just below it. Something along those lines, and it's like. Eight teams per year, or like at most eight to nine teams that typically achieve over three net rating. Sure. So in theory, aren't you that are we shouldn't we then be saying like, well, it's like closer to 20 teams that just have zero chance because yeah, but we don't know which of those eight teams that are going to end up. Right. That's which is saying why I'm right saying now, if you yeah. cast like a net of 12 of them, like we know that they're they're going to be the solid contenders. And then you can sprinkle in some of the ones that you think could actually elevate. To the point, like I'm sure you would pick Dallas because I know you love Luca. I would not eh. because I think they had a great postseason run and it's and it's gonna be hard to replicate. Like that type of thing. It, in terms of like literally zero chance to win a title, I'll say ten. But then, like from there, it's still the gap between being a, a, a zero net rating team and like three. It it's really hard to break through from there. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying you could talk me into a lot of stuff. That's all. Oh, that's a different conversation. Shout out to Loris. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next quote. I know I'm that good that you're not just going to give me away. Oh, I know this one. Are we doing back and forth or it's like whoever, no, knows, just it. whoever knows it? But if you know it, I'm because Jeremy wasn't it. I guess Say it, it again. I know I'm that good that you're not just going to give me away. I know it now. Okay. Who is it? it is? Russ? No. no. Ah. Okay. Kevin Durant. Okay. Uh, okay. First, are you surprised you're still here? No. I mean, I'm, I know I'm that good that you're just not going to give me away. So uh, that's one thing I did appreciate about Sean and Joe. Is like, yeah, you're too great for us to give you away. Just that easy, that simple. So um, I get that. I know who I am. I just want to shout out. Um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for reminding me today that they are easily my least two favorite people in the entire National Basketball Association. Uh, wow, Julius has taken, yeah, moved up in the depth chart. <laughs> oh, uh, moved down, Julius, moved down, moved down. Julius is yeah. way above these two idiots. Oh, never mind. He's way up above this. No, I was thinking the, if John's going from most liked to least liked, then mm-hmm. Julius then would move up. Oh, he's way higher. So he's more liked than these two yeah. idiots. Okay. I loathe Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I'll be honest with you. 
I because I've pushed back on you sometimes, not even necessarily on Mike. I just there's a certain uh, hesitation I have when it comes to criticizing Kyrie because of some honestly just some optics. And then the man goes and shares an Alex Jones uh, instant clip on Instagram. And there's like few scums of this earth that I detest more than him. Um, and then Kyrie had the, I almost put a quote on here, but it's like, there's literally nothing I want to endorse of Kyrie Irving right nope. now. No, 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 I, no, no. I, it's why I gotta be honest. I'm to say Katie and Kyrie are even the same tier. I don't like Katie. I don't mind him as much as I used to. Um, Kyrie's in a whole different tier to me. I don't, I don't know who's worse because I am not sure if I, because I think Kyrie, there's a legitimate chance that there's, there are, I don't know how else to say it. There are some real issues there that mm. are, I don't, I don't know what the source of those are. I'm, I'm not his therapist. KD seems like he could know better and is just choosing not to. And it's like along for this ride. Uh, so, you know, God, God bless him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. 
Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready, and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar Yukon mash and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool130 and use promo code filmschool130 to get $130 off across six boxes. That's filmschool130 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool130 for $130 off. Next quote. Next quote. Um, uh, I was happy. Oh, I know this too. Jeremy, you know? How am I going to do? Um, this quote, John, go ahead. Can uh, I just play the full quote? Because it's even, quote, it's even funnier when you just watch the whole video. Congratulations on obviously getting the getting the deal. Um, just maybe your your thoughts that now that, that that you got that. Maybe what was your initial reaction once the Suns matched the Pacers offer? I was happy. It was all done, I guess. That's it? Yep. Okay. Shout out to Mark J. Spears of uh, ESPN who got up and, and did a little televised bit that they tweeted out in which he <laughs> compared the feeling of Suns Media Day to that of a funeral. Yeah. I saw something that was like, okay, so Chris Paul didn't learn anything from that game seven against the yeah, Mavs yeah. and mm-hmm. Aiton doesn't want to be there and Booker's like, that's not the Sarver I knew or I know. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, that was a low key. So off. It actually kind of reminds me of the Knicks vibes last year, but so much worse because, like, that's a team that should be contending for a title. And, oh, the, uh, I didn't think the Knicks vibes last year were that. What, you thought the Knicks were, vibes were bad? I mean, at least amongst the fans. For sure, just but that's why. Yeah, like it's it's in, but not not yeah. within the clubhouse. Yeah, that that seemed different. It's like I think it reached its lowest point with a lot of the booing. And oh, I think you're talking about media day. I'm talking specifically. No, 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 oh, not okay. media day. Yeah, no, yeah. no. That's I'm just saying, going from something that felt so good to just falling off of a cliff. Although this is so much worse than that, because again, this is a team where you need Aiton to be locked in because he can't be traded anyway. And he can't be traded to the team that he wants to, or he wanted to go to until next summer. And Chris Paul is in his late thirties and Mikhail Bridges is good. He's very good, but he's not going to get you to where you need him to go. And Devin Booker's great and he's going to get better, but they didn't really change much. They've just, and you've got uh, Jay Crowder not even showing up to yeah. media yeah. day, so it's just um, they are t- to me. Top, they're it starts at the top. They're they're without question the most fascinating situation in the league because you on one hand you're like if oh if the vibes aren't great and they decide to blow it up like there's so many pieces that could go for theoretically uh, huge sums in terms of returning assets, but at the same time, what if they get like the next Steve Ballmer to buy them and they're the hot they're the, they're the hot team in the NBA or what? Like it, there's that interesting dichotomy there. I, I, I was thinking about this as well. Cause it's just like, all right, if there's new owner and there will be, how eager are they to 
buy the team for what will be a ridiculous amount because it's in a good market and they just have to Phoenix yeah. has the capacity to be much better as a free yep. agent draw, but to do that and then go right into a rebuild. And yeah. you talk about the jazz. If the Suns were to do what the jazz just did, they like strip it to the actual studs. They would, they would be in the conversation for usurping Utah for greatest hall we've seen. Right. Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Just, it, but absolutely. I don't see them necessarily doing exactly that, but it's um, they're, they're the team to watch to see if they implode. In a year, two years, whatever they're, it might be. Yeah, I mean, they still have all their picks, so you know they do. Who, who knows what? If what they're happens. in the what mid to late twenties, because they were a great regular season team, they just weren't built for the playoffs last year, and they haven't made the improvements that they've needed to. So, how nope. valuable are their picks going to be if you are a team that's well, looking to you know trade one of your players to Phoenix? That's a yeah. That's that'll be an interesting conversation going forward. Um, sounded, sounded a lot like a team at the end of a run. You know, that this offseason between the Durant rumors and what's going on with Jay Crowder and obviously the Sarver stuff. And honestly, the way last season ended, adding on how much better the West is going to be this year. You could argue Clippers, uh, Clippers, excuse me, Maverick Suns, the, the series that went seven last year. You could argue that's the play in this year, you know, yeah. but it goes to show and we'll see how this year plays out, how short windows for contention really mm-hmm. can be that's the they went from they went from the bubble being eight and oh and then getting chris paul going to the finals to getting absolutely embarrassed on their home floor in game seven of the eastern Con- of the western conference semifinals and it just it can be gone in an instant it's it's why we're going to look back i have a feeling at this warrior's I think I think we could call it a dynasty at this point. This Warriors dynasty, and and absolutely marvel at the fact that you know, especially since they they might not be done yet. Um, okay, uh, next quote. Next quote. Um, yeah, I'll go to this one. Uh, <laughs> this is actually a really funny one. We all have jobs that sometimes people at our jobs don't like us. Oh my god, uh, I know this. Oh my gosh, yes, I know this one. Jeremy, do you know it? I do. Okay, who is it? You, you pulled him up before. This one's okay. Us. So this one is Russell Westbrook. Um, the full clip involves a question from Los Angeles Times reporter Bill Plaschke. Yeah, Russ, you said you've bought it. You're buying into the Lakers. Do you think the Lakers are buying into you? Do you think the Lakers want you here? I mean, um, whether that they want me here or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, honestly, my job is to be a professional, show up to work like I've always done. Uh, thus far, do my job the best way I know how to, and that's it. I mean, we all have jobs that sometimes people at our jobs don't like us or don't want us there, as you guys probably can attest to in any other job across the world. Um, and as a professional and as a uh, working uh, man, I have to do my job and do it the best way I know how. Russell Westbrook. You know, I, I, I've said he's my least favorite player in the NBA. I really don't mind him as a person. He seems like a at all likable chap. Yeah. yeah. I would hate rooting for him as on my basketball team, but yes. <laughs> there've been some it. really bad PR answers. This was a good one. Yes. Like a very rock solid accountable and like let's move on. Like yeah. it. It does look like he's coming off the bench this year. I don't think not 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 game one. I'd be shocked if he came off the bench game one. I could see it happening. I could see them transitioning. I'd be very surprised if he came off the bench game one. And Darvin Ham's kept the door open, which tells me, especially with Schroeder there, or even Pat Bev, 
there. Pat Bev is going to be a three and D wing. That's how they're going to use. Ah, okay. So it'll probably be Schroeder or Russ. And, um, you know, I, I would imagine they'll let camp decide, but they probably have an idea which way they want to go right now. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I believe the best player in the world is Steph Curry. I think I know this one. Was this from today? No, it's from yesterday. Jeremy, do you know it? I don't. Is this the guy we're still sleeping on? Yes. Apparently, he's sleeping on himself at this point. <laughs> do I believe I'm the best player in the world? No. Um, I think the best player in the world is the person that uh, is the last one standing. You know, is the person that um, takes his, his team to the final, to the finish line and helps them win the game. You know, win games and become champion. Two years ago when we did that, yeah, you know, when I was sleeping in uh, my bed, you know, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe I'm the best player in the world, you know. But now, no. Um, in my opinion, the way I view it, um, the winner is the best. The guy that wins is the best. When we play a game of ping pong, when I go in my house and I play against my brothers, when I win and I play against the Nazis, coaches and Alex, and then my mom and Mariah, and I win, I'm the best. So that's how I view it. Yeah, I believe that uh, the best player in the world is uh, Steph Curry. Until until the next player. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo, most likable NBA superstar since. I mean, Steph's probably up there. Say since Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> Dirk was very likable, but all, Dirk had a lot of haters. I don't think Giannis has a lot of haters. Not anymore. No. Winning early helped him. Um, I will say those. That was very high praise for Moses Moody. Just the way that he was able to. <laughs> oh, the only best player on the, the uh, yeah, <laughs> left standing. So uh, to John's point, um, my favorite NBA player that's not wearing a Nick uniform is Giannis. I, I want so much for this kid and just the unbridled joy that sometimes this, this sport can corrupt uh, apparently doesn't exist for him. So. Calling it now, um, MVP, world champions, uh, gonna 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 start to nudge his way into that top ten all time conversation after this okay. year. Okay, wow, giddy up! All right, uh, I next agree. Next quote: Nobody died. Oh, this oh, I don't know. This one I do know. You do? I. Yeah, I'm just I I'm blanking on on the context. Yeah, or who said I know it? it's yeah. something in. Something not that intense happened. Oh, it's not in my tongue, but I'm not going to get it. Is it? I'll, I'll push back. Something pretty intense happened. Can I? Oh, I do know. Now you know. Now I know. It's, can it, is yep. it, is it yeah. a Boston? Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it Marcus Smart? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The full quote, because for some reason, Celtics Media Day went worse than Nick's content day. There's no clips out there. There's Okay. I, that's a lie. There's a couple clips out there, but this one, wasn't available. Here is the quote from Gary Washburn. I'll pull this over. Uh, Marcus Smart. Nobody died. I still love Ime as a person and as a coach. He led us to the finals. It's just something unfortunate that happened to him. So that's a that's some phrasing. Nobody died. That might be my. Well, no, I'm not talking about crap. that part. Something yeah, that happened. Might just happen. Something happened to him. Yes, that it, it did. I think. Nobody died might be my new mantra. Anytime something bad happens, what are you well, nobody died. Can you I know? say that every time I'm responding to a 
post-game criticism. Yeah. Oh, we only guy. played seven minutes. Fire Sims. Nobody, Nobody died. died. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. The Mets lost again. Max Scherzer is out on Sunday, Andrew. Ah, nobody died. Nobody died except Andrew. Yeah. Well, that's a great prediction right there. Uh, a couple more. Um, I lost a hundred pounds. Yeah. And this one. Is this like super obvious and I just don't know it? Well, take a guess of somebody that would have to lose a hundred pounds to like prove that they're in shape. I'm completely blanking. Jeremy. Do you want me to say who it is? Say who it was. It's James Harden. James Harden at oh, wow. said he lost a hundred pounds. His last year and a half uh, really wasn't healthy enough to, to, to put the proper work in like I'm, I'm used to. So this something was huge for me in that aspect to make sure, you know, the, the heel runs and the weight lifting was uh, important. And then adding the steel uh, on the court as well. How much did you do? hundred pounds. Sweet thing. The best joke to come out of this is somebody quote tweeted this video or this quote saying that's what he dropped in a London strip club. Oh, <laughs> that's not a lot of money. It's not right now. It's, I mean, a hundred pounds is the better joke, you know? Anyway, last but not least, um, I think it's been the same thing ever since I've been here. Ooh, that's that feels like a quote that could come out of any player. Which mouth. is why I think it's the most fascinating quote. Say it again. Yeah, say it I, again. I think it's been basically it's been the same since I've been here. Can I? Mm. I'm trying to think who has been there, who has been with the team for such a long time that they would, they would, the kind of say that. The oh, context wait. could be that. Hold on, it's is it been East- great since I've been here, or it's been terrible since I've been here? Is it an Eastern Conference team? It is an Eastern Conference team. Is it a very good or a very or a team that's projected to be not good? Team projected to be very good. A team projected to be very good. Yes. Again, I think it's been the same since I've been here. Is it a player on the Miami Heat? No. You be you guys are gonna be shocked when you because when I heard I'm this, I was like, oh good. The more that I think it's from the Celtics. No idea. So I'm just gonna play it for you guys. Uh, I don't know how to answer that. I think it's been the same since I've been here. Um, so um, it wasn't surprising or it wasn't not surprising. It didn't make me real feel some type of way or whatever. It just, it is what it is. So I talked to my teammates organization about it and, and now I'm just ready to play basketball. So that's Jalen Brown of the Boston mm. Celtics responding to your question about um, how he feels being mentioned in trade rumors after going to the finals. This is a guy that's played in three conference finals since he, uh, four conference finals since he's been there, was the second best player on a team that was two wins away from a title. And when you think back to his career, they've been trying to trade this man since they drafted since, him. So I was going to say, since arguably before they drafted him, they almost traded him for Porzingis. Like, if you believe the rumors of what Danny Ainge was willing to offer for him, Jalen Brown would have been in that trade. You know, Ooh. Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, uh, uh, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, you name it, Jalen Brown, since he's been there. And all he's done is been part of winning teams and gotten better to his credit as a player. This is such a fascinating situation because there, I don't, for one, there's two reasons it's fascinating, I think. One, uh, he will not extend, well, no, I shouldn't say that. 
if he reaches all NBA, there's a possibility he could extend. But even then, realistically, it, you would agree if he made all NBA, at least puts it on the table. If he does not make all, all NBA, there's it's there's zero percent chance that he is extending before he becomes a free agent in 2024. And why um, is that, John? For those who maybe oh, know because he, he only makes I don't know what he makes, but he could only extend as of now under this CBA for a 20% raise and a 20% raise for him would leave him far short of the max, which is absolutely what he's going to get paid in two years. Um, But the other thing is like they could win the next two championships. And I, I think there's a part of Jalen Brown that wouldn't even perhaps, even if they, if they won, it would maybe embolden him even more to be like, man, I could go be the best player on a team and do this. Uh, Oh boy. That's going to be very interesting something to watch. Well, the, that to me was the reason why they were so into the idea of trading for Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. because they thought, listen, we know this is a precarious situation with Jalen. Do we want to take that next step? Do we want to be a better team? Even if it means moving him. Okay. To me, it's, it's a question of if a better star than Jalen Brown becomes available, how eager are the Celtics to make that move? Because there is a doomsday scenario where the Celtics have everything going on right now, which they do. Uh, There was a day in which they had had everything about Ime Udoka. Robert Williams is going to be out for longer than they thought. And, you know, he had surgery and then announcing that Daniel Gallinari had successful ACL surgery. And I get, again, I just like, I know that it's been the style for players to take super maxes when handed to them and then figure it out from there. And I still think that is the default that someone like Jason Tatum is going to have, but you just, I don't know, man. You look Jalen Brown's going to have no, not Jalen Brown. That Jason Tatum. Oh, Jason Tatum will be super max eligible when the time comes. But like, I look at Brown, and in 2024, if he is still with the team and he chooses not to extend and he wants to go elsewhere, whether it's signing as free agent or doing a sign and trade with the Celtics, get minimal value back for him. And then you look at Tatum, and he's like, the writing's on the wall. How are we going to get better while I'm here? And essentially, is he going to use that leverage that like similar to what LeBron did in terms of I'll sign this extension, but you have to add more talent around me? Is Tatum going to try to do something similar? And so I just, I think about what the Celtics can do because if they feel like Brown is, is even a slight bit of a flight risk, they're going to have to move him, but they can't just trade him for spare parts and draft picks. They need to do it for an actual player who can help them win now. And, uh, It'll be fascinating to see who that might be or what might come of it. But they are, they're not super high on my implosion list. Like the Suns are still obviously first, but they're not too, too far down from there. That's what we should do. We should do implosion rankings one day. I think that'd be fun. Patreon. Yeah, yeah let's go Patreon. Um, okay. I think we've, we've sufficiently covered media day. Um, I am excited to start getting the, Drips and drabs of uh, reports from Nick's practice. And uh, we're again, we're sitting recording this on Monday night, uh, a week from tomorrow. <laughs> Nick's basketball, baby. Catch, catch the fever. I'm excited for that. I, I will say that for as, la- for as not as excited as I was for media slash content day, I'm very, very excited to watch uh, even some fake basketball. So, yeah, yeah. be good. Andrew, did we miss anything? No, I just had my days mixed up. I thought next Monday was the first preseason game. So uh, you got to yeah. get job. on this. Bad job by me. So many right schedules and whatnot. Terrible you know? job by you. Yeah. 
Jeez. Apologies okay. to, the, to the Knicks. I was like making fun of your, your <laughs> audio quality earlier or lack, lack thereof, you know? Listen, somebody forgot to turn on a mic. It happens. No, someone turned down a mic no. and then, cause that's the best part is that jewel. And, and you could almost like, if you wanted to go full tin foil hat, be like, of course for Julius. Yeah. You couldn't hear his mic, but when Obi came over, it's the loudest a microphone has ever been in the history of <laughs> microphones. You know? Oh, okay. Some, somebody on the content team has feels a type of way. I uh, wouldn't that be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, anything else from you before we get out of here? Glad we're gonna have some games soon. Should Me be fun. too. Me too. We, I need it. I need some. I need some basketball. I need the overreactions for preseason games. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I <laughs> nobody died. Nobody died. <laughs> and there's your episode. The title. There's, there's your episode, episode title. title. Nobody, nobody died. died. Nobody, nobody died. died. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and uh, yes, thank you, everybody out there, for checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We got one more episode coming your way later this week with a guest that I'm not gonna not gonna say anything about, but excited for this one and uh that's it we'll see you soon peace out Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.